This is a VOFM special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VOFM 88.1. Hear it. Welcome back to the COVID Report. We are dissecting all of the permutations, all of the domino effects of the decision to move from level five to level four of lockdown here in South Africa as it pertains to our continued fight against the COVID-19 pandemic and what that means for the workforce. Um, minors among the many uh, institutions that were allowed to resume operations are resuming work um, as well as uh, manufacturing and other sectors deemed to be essential services. And uh, to help us unpack this, we are joined on the line by uh, Ms. Pagamile Khubi-Machola, who is the spokesperson for the National Union of Mine Workers South Africa, that is NUMSA. Uh, Pagamile, good, good evening and welcome to the COVID Report and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Workers are resuming work um, in the mines, manufacturing and other sectors deemed to be essential services as I just stated uh, where is your where would you say your confidence level is as far as the employer's ability to to adhere to the safety measures that are being uh, put in place to keep them safe well as NUMSA we are deeply concerned about the readiness of many employers uh, we've raised this on different platforms directly with the presidency in fact because even though um, there are many sectors that were locked down, there were some which were actually continuing to operate, uh, even if it was, you know, partial, uh, partially, there were some that were operating. And what we've seen as NUMSA, uh, NUMSA is um, a, a, the largest trade union in South Africa. We have, um, our members basically exist across the spectrum. So, we're talking in transportation, uh, bus, aviation, uh, manufacturing and mining. And in all of those sectors where um, companies have been operating, even if it's at a reduced level, we've seen major, major violations of health and safety standards already. And so for us, this is of great concern that as of today, more than 1.5 million workers will be uh, uh, officially working and we do not believe that many companies are prepared. There's a lot that has to uh, be done in order to guarantee safety in the workplace because unfortunately if we fail to uphold these standards the consequences are deadly not just for employees but for the community at large. I think it's also indicative of the state of affairs, I mean, the move from level five to level four has um, opened opened opportunity, so to speak, for various businesses to continue operations. A very pertinent question uh, has arised as far as the readiness for the return to work for these various sectors. I think it also calls into question whether or not um, it was too soon uh, to make this move on behalf of um, on behalf of the government um, when they made the decision to move from level five to level four. I can't help but think of the direct alternative 
to this, um, which is companies having to retrench employees because of the lockdown, because of the financial lockdown that we're faced with as a country and as a world, um, continuing to deal with the uncertainties of this time and this continued fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. So I think when we, when we compare those two together, the, the, the perceived lack of readiness on the part of these businesses that are returning to work versus the harsh reality of the direct alternative, which is um, retrenching employees because of the lockdown and be, and um, shedding uh, the cutting the fat, so to speak. Um, and I, I use that term um, loosely and ironically as possible uh, to 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 try and help businesses stay afloat. As an organization, what is NUMSA's take on this? I think we have to uh, be very cognizant of the fact that the coronavirus globally has had a massive impact. Uh, we must acknowledge and accept that the way in which we have been working up until now will no longer really uh, assist us because of the fact that of this, this virus and the way in which it spreads. So what that basically means is that um in the in the past companies would cut corners on health and safety because they they want to ensure that they get greater profit margins and we need to deal with that mentality of capitalists and business people because unfortunately they have not adjusted their mentality uh accordingly they are still thinking in terms of rampant profiteering uh, at the expense of health and safety. Whether you like it or not, as a business owner, you must spend money to ensure that the workplace is prepared, to ensure that the workplace is safe and sanitized. Um, we obviously can't continue to be on a permanent lockdown because that has a direct impact on the economy. But if we're going to return to work, then resources must be deployed to ensure that the workplace is safe. We have to evolve the manner in which we operate to ensure that it is safe. If you look at the mining sector, for example, um, they, they were one of the first uh, where government said that uh, they would ease the lockdown and allow them to start operating at reduced levels. They started at 30% and then they moved up to about 50%. Now, as NUMSA, we, we sent a, 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 a communicate to the presidency to say, what scientific basis uh, is, is, has, has informed this decision? Why is mining more important than any other sector that it should return to work early? Um, because for us, it didn't make any sense. Mining is probably one of the most complicated out of all the sectors to, uh, where you, in terms of, in a, a response to COVID-19. How do you, for example, deep clean the space underground where workers are working? Um, how do you, for example, ensure that as they go underground, because miners go underground using a cage and a cage carries about 50 people at a time, um, that you ma maintain social distance. So it was very clear to us that government's decision to allow mining to return uh, at an earlier date had nothing at all to do with uh, what was good for us as a society. It was informed by the fact that the majority of ANC members in the NEC are themselves shareholders in mining companies. They are concerned about their profits, therefore the rush to force workers to go to work 
before before we're actually ready and prepared and the workspace has been prepared accordingly to maintain health and safety. Um, we have a, a classic example of this. Harmony Gold has, in our view, violated health and safety standards many, many times over. Um, and as NUMSA, we've, we've raised this very sharply uh, on, uh, in the sense that we did not feel that they had taken necessary steps to make sure that workers were safe. They'd not deep cleaned um, the housing, uh, or the, the, the hostels, for example. Um, we didn't see enough being done to ensure that workers were being safely transported from their homes to the workplace, because you have to understand that there's no public transport or very little public transport at 3 a.m. when mine workers are supposed to be working. Um, you, how many gold wanted um, 37 people, I think it was 37 or 35 people to be allowed to travel in a cage at a time? We refused. We said it has to be a maximum of 12 people. So this is the point we're making. It's a, it's a situation where workers are being left on their own to fight these battles. Government is not issuing directives to force companies to adhere. In spite of the fact that they have a duty to do this, um, the battle is being waged by our members, by trade unions on the ground, and we don't have enough support. And the fact of the matter is that until and unless we accept that lives come first before profits, not only will, will we not defeat coronavirus, but our economy will continue to suffer because thousands of people will be dying every day. I'm curious, um, as far as uh, your your perspective, um, what other industries do you do you believe are the most at risk from this apparent uh, this apparent rushed and mistimed step um, to usher um, sectors in back into the workplace so quickly? We think some of the other sectors which need um, urgent uh, intervention or, or, or scrutiny is the manufacturing sector, particularly, um, although at the moment uh, a lot of manufacturing companies are not operating at full scale. Uh, we have members, particularly in um, automotive companies, and we've raised very sharply, again, that um, issues around safety. Uh, and we're working very hard on the ground with our shop stewards to force companies to ensure that the standards of health and safety are maintained. In transport, we have members in the bus sector in particular. Uh, we, at the beginning, at the end, in the middle of April, I should say, there was a crisis at, um, at, um, Golden Arrows, where Golden Arrows employees, some of whom were our members, were arrested by the police uh, because, first and foremost, the Golden Arrows was operating without a license, without a proper permit. It turned out the permit was fake. And secondly, they, um, the bus itself was packed to capacity. I mean, it was standing room only in that bus. And, I mean, it was outrageous that during a lockdown, Golden Arrows was, was actually violating the law on such a grand scale. Um, our regional secretary in the Western Cape intervened in a very positive way. We um, informed our members that they will not go to work until the company starts to adhere and implement proper safety measures. And we can happily say that because of the intervention of uh, NUMSA officials on the ground, there has been a very radical change in the manner in which Golden Arrows now operates today. Bus conductors who before were focusing on whether 
uh, uh, people on the bus have tickets have now been turned into safety officers. Their job is to ensure that there's um, only a limited number of people on the bus. They make sure that um, uh, the that uh, health and safety standards are, are maintained on the bus. And this is the role that unions have to take on now. We have to become health and safety uh, inspectors on the ground because, frankly, the Department of Labor does not have the capacity. It only has about 160 um, trained inspectors. So it has become our duty to become experts in this so that we can ensure that our members are safe and at the same time we can protect the community at large. Absolutely. And uh, finally, before I uh, let you go, uh, as far as the, the, the harsh extremes on either side that we, um, that we referred to earlier, the perceived early rush back to the workforce versus the grim reality of unemployment. When it comes to the, the question of unemployment and that 350 rand unemployment grant, uh, I, I'm curious uh, to find out what your understanding of that grant is as far as um, who would be eligible uh, to receive this grant in a country with an, an, an unemployment rate of 29% in greater relation to the times that we're all facing. What what is your take on the matter? Well, I think first and foremost, I mean, as Numsa, we were one of the first to vociferously say that government needed to guarantee an income grant in order to ensure that each and every single household is catered for during this lockdown. I think we have to try and look at all of these measures holistically. Okay, so when you analyze what has government's response been to COVID-19 since the lockdown? Well, We've seen a lot of um, measures uh, put in place in the form of loans for small and emerging businesses. Okay, that's fine. They should probably do that. But what they should have also done is um, ensure, uh, like what Italy and Spain have done, for example, force the banks to stop uh, um, uh, or to halt demands for repayments on loans, on rent, on rental payments. Uh, and all other loan repayments. Italy uh, put a suspension on any repayments of any loans, okay? And so did Spain. Why this is important is because if you are saying to people, we are locked down, companies must scale back on production, right? Many companies are not paying salaries. How do you expect households to continue to maintain, uh, to pay off debts when they're not actually receiving salaries? Um, one of our greatest challenges is that government has come up with uh, a relief scheme through the UIF uh, known as the Temporary Employment Relief Scheme. As we speak right now, there is a real problem with the payment, with the payout of salaries through this UIF TERS scheme. There is, there are many, many workers right now who have not received their incomes for the month of April because this uh, process is very slow and payments have not been made or part payments have been made in some cases. So um, you, you have to ensure that your response is geared to benefit the majority of people. When we look at government's overall response, it seems to us there's a very strong focus on supporting business and business owners and not enough response for families, the working class and the poor. 
tell me who can survive on 350 rand per month. I mean, that is a very low salary. That is not a living wage in by any stretch of the imagination. Um, um, and even when you look at the UIF temporary employment relief scheme, the monies that are supposed to be paid out for those who are working, um, it, it's been restricted. They're not going to pay more than 6,000 rands a month. So if you're somebody who's used to earning 10 or 12 or 20,000 rands a month, you're only going to get 6,000 rands a month. And at the same time, your car, your, your, your West Bank is demanding that you must pay the vehicle loan. Um, your APSA is demanding that you must pay your home loan or your, um, your, the, 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 you know, or you have to pay rent. You must buy groceries. Uh, you've got shops that are inflating prices. So really what we've seen in terms of South Africa's response, there's very clearly a response directed to ensuring that capitalists and businesses continue to profit and the working class and the poor, unfortunately, suffer the most. These measures do not go far enough at all to ensure that the majority of people are cushioned against the ravages of this virus. We, we know this because if you look at what's happening already in our communities, uh, look at the queues, four kilometer queues for, 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 for food packs. Um, people have been, um, breaking into alcohol shops, for example. So we're going to see more and more unrest if this continues. Our government needs to take a radical decision and take, make decisions in the interest of the working class and the poor, put people before profit, only then can we start to see a real and positive shift in dealing and tackling this virus. That is NUMSA spokesperson Pagamine Shubi Machola helping us unpack the permutations and the greater domino effects of not only the move from level five to level four of lockdown, but the perceived rushed nature of the rush back to the workplace for certain sectors in level four. Pagamilia, thank you so much for joining us on the COVID report and thank you for the absolutely valuable insights.